Welcome to another episode of the Booth Podcast. I am Reese Shonsby, joined today by Davey O'Doyle. Davey, how's it going? Uh, just like a little like inside baseball before we got on here. Reese is snapping his fingers like a madman, so that made my day a little bit easier as we get snapping into the into the podcast this week. But I'm uh, I'm good, man. How are you? I am great. Uh, coming off a good weekend with some wrestling. You bet we're doing some some wrestling this weekend. Uh, Pro Pro Wrestling returned in Saskatoon. Had the Booth Boys there with me. There it was. How did you guys like that show? Oh, that was great. So great to get back to watching live wrestling. I don't even really remember the last time I have been to a wrestling show. So that was great to get back. Yeah, I mean, man, it's good, and uh, I guess it's just a little preview, a little hint of something to come, but. We got some footage, we got some photos, we got some interviews, uh, all that from Prairie Pro Wrestling this weekend. So uh, check out all of our pages very shortly, hopefully sometime in the next week to see some of that. Yes, and thank you. Big thank you to Prairie Pro Wrestling for letting the Booth boys come out and get some content. So let's get into some CFL talk. Um it's a good week in the CFL. We had a little bit of a snore fest on Friday. Some games that picked it back up on Saturday. But uh, what would you think of the week? Uh, it was one of those weeks where the, all the outcomes were really predictable. You know, not not every game was – most of them were pretty close. I, I But, like, the outcome itself was the favorite picking up the win – and in a, in a league like the CFL only having four teams, right? It seems just like a pretty snoozing week when there's at least not one upset. But yeah, like I said, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with those games, with those results. So we'll have to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a week where I know going into the week as Ryder fans, we were all like, okay, if this happens, this happens, and this happens, we're clinching playoffs. And it's like, when, when you have those three scenarios, they don't always pan out. When you have to get three things to get this scenario down, it almost never pans out. But going into this week, it was like, well, these are the like three most likely scenarios. Right, absolutely. And so, I mean, it's one, it's one of those things for the riders, too. It's like, like completely biased as we're going to – everything will be for the riders on this show. But like – Oh, for sure. You have to be good to be lucky, right? So Definitely. we were good on our end, and then it followed us through with those other two results. Yep. Uh, yeah. So coming from that week, uh, we have Saskatchewan clinching a playoff spot after uh, an Edmonton loss and a BC loss and a Saskatchewan win. The Riders will have a playoff game. We don't know if that'll be at home. It could be in Calgary. Uh, it can't be in BC, but BC can still make the playoffs, but they would be coming to Saskatchewan if they somehow do clutch up in the last few weeks. Um, Toronto also clinching a playoff spot. Um, they are now sitting up first in the East for now. That for now. race is still very tight in the East division. Wide open, so. Wide open for everyone except Ottawa. <laughs> Poor Ottawa. Well, sucks to suck, right? That's what they say. <laughs> um, coming off our last podcast, the day we released it, we missed a trade by a day recording the podcast. Nick Arbuckle traded from Toronto to Edmonton and today also signed a new contract. So he will be with Edmonton 
through the 2022 season. What do you think of the move? I mean, if you look at it now, in hindsight, obviously all the dominoes fell into place, right? They just happened to boot Trevor Harris's ass out the door. And on the back swing, Nick Arbuckle slipped in, right? So, I mean, with 2020 hindsight, right, it makes complete sense. Um, the Arbuckle thing is interesting, right? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but he was in Calgary and then he signed with Ottawa, didn't even play a game there, got taken over then to Toronto with a trade, I think it was. But some whatever happened, I don't, I don't remember 100%. But yeah, it was Toronto. weird pandemic flip of quarterbacks with Ottawa and, and Toronto yeah. with and so and he, then he comes to Toronto right and you think like hey I guess that means he's their guy and then all year you've had this him or McLeod Bethel Thompson argument this quarterback battle in Toronto and as of late he's not been on the right side of that so he's been being a good teammate riding pine right but Edmonton got in the game and, and if they signed him already they definitely, it's not just a trade for now. It's obviously a trade for their future too, to decide if he can be their guy. I think if you have to pick one quarterback in this league right now to, if you're a struggling team to kind of build your future around, Nick Arbuckle has got to be pretty close to the top of that list. If not the top. I He's for me, it's like him and the idea of floating around that Dane Evans is still floating around. Yeah. Those are the two guys who, you know, aren't starting that teams might be willing to part with. Right. So like, that's definitely one of the best two choices and probably not gonna, not going to get Dane Evans without a price. So I guess Nick Arbuckle was the better way to go here. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, Speaking of, I think Hamilton quarterbacks, Jeremiah Masoli has had a up and down year. I feel like he had the injury. Now he comes out. They get the win against Edmonton this week. I feel like Hamilton is trending in the right direction at the right time. And I mean, especially for for football in all sports, but especially football and late in the season in a league like the CFL, where so many teams have come from that. So many teams like nine and nine or 10 win teams have come and won the Great Cup for the exact reason Hamilton is right. They just come on when they need to come on. Everybody picks it up, everybody buys in, and it looks it looks dangerous for Hamilton, right? Not saying that beating Edmonton, who's an absolute train wreck, is anything too impressive, but like you said, the actual swing in the last, what, two, three, four weeks has been up for Hamilton, and it's looking good, right? It's looking like, in some position, it looks like they could very well have a playoff game in Hamilton. Maybe, maybe the big one in Hamilton, the East Final, who knows, but one anyways, and then coming back home for the Great Cup, right? It sure is looking like it. And I think a big thing that's helping Hamilton right now too, not just them getting hot, but the fact that Montreal's got a tough schedule in these back three games. Oh, do they ever. And it, it we say it's a tough schedule and it even includes a game with Ottawa. And that's how good, you know, Winnipeg is because they have to play a home and home with Winnipeg and then go to Ottawa. And those two games against Winnipeg might spend, Bell, the end of hopes for Montreal having a home playoff game. But thankfully, thankfully for them, though, that last game is is against Ottawa, right? Yes. So if they're if it's a thing where they're fighting for the crossover spot, if BC gets really hot all of a sudden, at least they have off two games if they blow them. And if BC can win their next two against 
who are they playing their next two? It's Calgary. Hamilton and Calgary. Right. So if they win those next two games, Montreal drops both to Winnipeg. At least they have the last week to beat Ottawa to get right and at least secure their spot in that in that last spot in the East, right? And avoid the crossover. Yeah, it is worth noting with the crossover scenario for those who don't know a lot about it. If one team in the opposite division finishes with a better record than the third place team in the other division, they can take that playoff spot. It has to be a better record. They can't be tied. Right. Um, but looking at the playoff picture, we do see things starting to clear up. We said earlier, Saskatchewan and Toronto have clinched um, with a Hamilton win versus BC this week. That would spell the end of that crossover talks and right. Hamilton and Montreal would both get their playoff spots this week with BC still being able to fight for that last playoff spot with Calgary in that scenario. So that one will come down to the wire. See, that's, it's one of those things where I just, I just don't see BC getting a West spot. I really don't No, I mean, anything could happen, right? Don't never say never, but it looks a lot more likely that, you need Ottawa to help you out in that last week if you're BC. You're facing your own hand still. You have to go. You have to win out, right? BC has to win out the next three. And then you have to hope Winnipeg takes care of Montreal in that last week of the season. Ottawa can play spoiler on Montreal's year. But I, it looks tough. But all, all BC can do is play hard football because this is, as much for anybody, this is playoff time for BC, right? It's do or die. Yeah. Yeah, if I were to put money on it, I would say these West standings stay exactly how they are yeah. for these last three weeks, and it would be Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Calgary heading to the playoffs. I guess we should mention that Saskatchewan's next games, they have a home-and-home home with Edmonton, right? Home-and-home home with Edmonton, yes. And Edmonton's atrocious, so like if the Riders are anywhere up to stuff, they should win both of those. And then the last week is against Hamilton. And even hopefully we don't have to play too hard in that one. Hopefully Calgary helps us out and – will have clinched by then. Yeah. Playoff game, but yeah, I I'm fairly certain if we beat Edmonton in both these games, this home and yeah. home, we are set. We clinched the West semifinal at home and right. we can let some guys rest up against Hamilton there. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing too, right? If, for the riders is good teams beat bad teams. That's how it goes. You don't let them get big wins on you. You don't let them let it slip by. Right. Good teams beat bad teams. Winnipeg has done it all year long to everybody because nobody's as good so far. But that's the thing, right? We have to have these two. Yeah. Uh, worth noting with Saskatchewan, too, a bit of the injury woes coming back to bite us again. Kyran Moore with a knee injury against Montreal. Head coach Craig Dickinson said he is not optimistic. That's a big piece to lose for the riders heading into playoffs. Luckily we have got some more receivers back from, yeah, from past weeks, but still you're a better team with Kyron Moore on the field. You bet you are. That guy is a threat. Uh, some other news out of Calgary. We're just jumping all over the CFL. Yeah. That's what we like to do. I We're mean, just having a conversation, just, just hear it all shooting the shit. Um, Reggie Bagleton returns to Calgary today, signing a signing a deal with the team. Um, he was with the team in 2019, um, and then went down south, I believe, with Green Bay. 
for the 2020 season um, and got cut before the 2021 NFL season. Right. Um, hasn't been doing much since then. I don't think, I think he's now so, I mean, signed this, with Calgary. So yeah, this is just, just another move, right? Yeah. Coach, like coaches do this, right? You know, there's a guy, you gave him a shot up North or I guess down South, and then he comes back up North. Yeah. But like I said, Reggie Begleton's a guy who's good enough while he was in the CFL to get Warner attention from NFL teams. Right. So if you're going to warrant that kind of attention, you have to be some sort of good player. So this is a, a good piece for Calgary. If you can get caught back up with the offense, right. To, to have going right into the playoff time. Like we've been saying over and over again, all these games are important now. So it's a good, good piece for Calgary to have a nice, a nice familiar target for Bo Levi Mitchell. If you can get that timing right in a couple weeks and uh, have him fresh and ready for the playoffs. Right. Yep. This is a time of the year, no matter what sport you're playing pretty much every player on that team has some kind of injury that's nagging yeah. them. Yep. You bet. And, and you just have to have guys that are ready to play. So you get a guy like Reggie Bagleton. He's probably one of your only guys that has no history injury issues right now. Cause he hasn't been playing. Same with the riders and a guy like Duke Williams only played two games so far this season. He's probably the healthiest guy on the field there. Right. And I mean, if we're going to talk about, transition it just a bit but we're talking about good teams you need to have guys who can step in and play right no matter what all the rest of the circumstances i guess that'll bring us back to the rider game again but trevor harris got in against the riders for montreal got some time and from what i the little bit i saw he looked pretty good doing it he he sure did it felt like a game that the riders were just kind of staying that step above montreal the whole way the whole way and then Trevor Harris comes in and that guy can still play football. You know, the thing about Trevor Harris is like maybe his last year and a bit or last two years have been kind of dubious on his reputation, I guess, maybe a bit. But like I can remember so many games watching when he was in Ottawa or with the years he was uh, in Edmonton all around. I just remember him throwing really pretty like balls right to the sideline, right to the hands where only his receivers can get it, right? And picking the riders apart a bunch of times. So when you see something like that, you know what I mean? You always think like, oh, oh this is trouble. And he was trouble, but thankfully uh, at that point, we had enough enough in the tank. We had enough presence, enough leadership, enough experience to like pull that one out. But that's something with the riders is like, we haven't always been a team that's finished games, right? We don't usually have that killer instinct. So it's nice to see we didn't drop this one. It was really nice. Yes. Trevor Harris came in for Matthew Schiltz. Uh, I didn't see the whole game. We were at the wrestling show we mentioned earlier. Um, I don't believe it was in injury to Matthew Schiltz. I think it was just a change of pace. Right. Um, and Trevor Harris came in, went 12 for 15 for 123 yards and a touchdown. So yeah, for not playing a full game, that's, that's a pretty good stat line. Yeah. Scary, scary to think what might happen if he was in the whole game. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with Montreal. If they plan to play Trevor Harris as their starter this week, I'm sure no matter what's going on in that organization, they will tell you, it'll be a game time decision, which of these guys is going to be the starter. Just try and pull some kind of edge on Winnipeg, which won't be there. 
What uh, so we should get into the games this week then? Yeah, yeah. Let's chat about what's coming up. Our first game of the week is one of the more interesting games, maybe probably the most interesting I see on the schedule. Um, this Friday is BC versus Hamilton. I think this is our closest edged game. Uh, these are two teams that are fighting to clinch their playoff spot. I think, I think Hamilton probably has a little bit of the edge, but yeah, just by, like we mentioned before, we talked about them, right? All of the momentum is swinging Hamilton's way. They've been playing well on defense, really well on defense as of late. Jeremiah Mazzoli looks like he's coming back into form. You know, they have Coach Steinauer and that coaching staff. I mean, how many times do you see compared to a lot of the coaches? They like to show, like, uh, they like to show Steinauer. They like to show, I can't remember the the Hamilton, their special teams coach. Oh, what is his name? Uh, Jeff Reinbold? Jeff Reinbold, right? They yeah. love to show him. They show some of those guys on that coaching staff, they get a lot more love than other guys, right? It's just because oh, they're such a well-constructed coaching staff. And I think that's the thing, especially when you think about Hamilton is Hamilton and BC specifically. This is BC still there. Is their first year with Rick Campbell still, right? This is, yeah. Right. And Steinauer is well-planted in Hamilton, a guy who's been up for coach of the year a lot of times, right? Even stuff like that late in the year, you got to think. All of it's going Hamilton's way. Oh, yeah. BC is that team really fighting tooth and nail right now. They need they need their wins now, but, geez, it's going to be hard to get a past a hot Hamilton team. Yeah. Then we'll move on to the second game of Friday night football, uh, and that'll be Saskatchewan heading to Commonwealth Stadium to take on the Edmonton Elks. I was I was wrestling like last week in Edmonton, like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. And like I drew, I like I've never been to Commonwealth Stadium, but we drove by. Man, that's an ugly stadium. I'm gonna put Edmonton on blast right now. That stadium is, is lame, bro. It's it's starting to show its age. It's not like, showing I mean, McMahon age, but it's but showing it's, some age. I guess I guess I'm just used to all the games going to the new Mosaic Stadium, right? Oh, yeah. But I mean, like you go to like Edmonton, I drive by Commonwealth. I was like, man, that stadium sucks. And I guess it's just kind of, it's a symbol of what the team is this year. Cause that team also sucks. So. Yeah. And it does feel odd to me too. I know that was built for the Commonwealth games and I don't remember what year, but that is a 60 plus thousand seat stadium. There is, not a chance they will ever sell out a game. Yeah, I don't, I don't 60,000 roaring Edmonton Elk fans. I don't think there's 60,000 of them who live there. So no. let's we'll see how that goes, right? I, I don't know if we're going to start the rumors of Edmonton needs a brand new stadium. That's I mean, that's why, that's why I put them on blast because I was like, man, that stadium sucks. <laughs> like, if, yeah. if anything else, the booth will start it. Hey, get Edmonton a new stadium. That hey, place we'll do it. Naming rights, the booth stadium. Yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, we need we need some sort of credit. We need somebody to start doing something big so we get get all these listens, right? So you heard it here first. They're going to name the stadium after us, the booth. Uh, if it, We need a couple more listeners and we'll have the money. 
just a couple more. So just tell just your grandma, tell your friends, just a couple more. We're really close. A couple more, and we'll be breaking in that that naming rights money. Um, I do think Saskatchewan probably has the edge in this game. Not probably, definitely does. I'm looking at the line right now. It Saskatchewan is only minus six. I seems feel like that's low. a little low. Yeah. Um, but I think you can't overlook this game if you're Saskatchewan. You can't say we've clinked your playoff spot. Let's just start to relax because you still need that home playoff game. Yeah, it's, you still need these two wins, definitely. It is a different beast to go and have that playoff game, that West semifinal at Mosaic Stadium, yeah. than to have to travel to Calgary and go to McMahon. Because that's that's the thing, right? It's even if they do go to McMahon, there'll be a lot of green in the crowd. For sure. But it's not not the same as at your home stadium. You have your own routine during the day. You do every day for your game, your home games, right? Yeah. Sleep in your own bed. And then, yeah, sure, there's a little sp- sprinkling of, of red that comes around when Calgary's in town. But it's not the split you get in Calgary. It's still hard green. Yeah. Calgary, you're probably going to have 15,000 Ryder fans max. Yeah. Saskatchewan selling out for that West semifinal and you'll have a roaring 30,000 fans. Um, So if you're Saskatchewan, you can't overlook these next two games against Edmonton. Yeah. I really, I'd like to see the riders get that that pass game really, really clear and crisp in these next two weeks. You know what I mean? Get Shaq Evans back fully into it. Get Duke Williams caught up, especially we were talking about with Kyran Moore out for the time being, right? Get those guys caught up, get that pass game somewhere in a good direction. I feel like it's been a long while and I wouldn't mind just seeing a rider's complete blowout win. Yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> close games are great, but like when you're invested, it makes you kind of makes your heart stop. Right. So maybe one or two boring ones will be good because we know when the playoffs come, there won't be a boring game. Exactly. Oh, we'll move on to the next one here, which I don't know. Feel bad. Ottawa, Toronto, that's it's not that's gonna be a rough one for Ottawa. Yeah, I don't the thing is like what is there to talk about? It, With Ottawa now, like there's not much. Um like if, as long as they have I will give them they, they showed some spirit in that first half at least against Calgary. Like it was they did. It was close until Calgary ran away with it a bit in the fourth quarter, but they showed some spirit, I guess. Like, I mean Toronto at least probably needs to play a good half to beat them, right? Like three good quarters. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It's not a lot to say for it. You always got to remember a team that has nothing to play for is the most dangerous. So if you're Toronto, watch out. Yes, but like also the team with the least talent also like usually loses the most games. That's also fair. (laughs) So, I mean, that's kind of the double-edged sword of that, but yeah. Uh, Yes. And then we'll move on to our other Saturday game, which somehow has an even bigger line than Toronto, Ottawa. And that is Montreal, Winnipeg, Winnipeg minus 12 and a half. Wow. That's I, I, you got to say Winnipeg here. It's hard to, you can't, you can't bet against Winnipeg here, but I would love, as a Ryder fan, I would always love to see Winnipeg lose, but I would love to see Montreal come out with Trevor Harris and see them ball out. Even if they don't get the win, it'd be great to see that Montreal team 
at least fight tooth and nail, make it a close one. I yeah, I don't think probably I don't think Montreal will win. But I mean, if I was if I was the Alouettes right now, I'd probably take that as a little bit insulting that they have that high of a line for this game. Like Montreal's probably going to be a playoff team as well. When the playoffs start, they have as much chance as Winnipeg does to win that, and they're going to put you as a blowout twelve points on the line. Online, man, like that's if I was Montreal, man, I'd make sure somebody showed the locker room that, right? Because I mean, I wouldn't be happy about it. No, I wouldn't either. As we come to the end of the season here as well, we always look ahead as CFL fans to the awards, Mm. the CFL awards. Let's try and make some predictions here. We haven't discussed this beforehand. Let's go on the spot predictions. I think we'll start with one of the easy ones. Who is the coach of the year? I, I don't want to say Michael Shea because his team was so good already. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, it really screams out when your team is a one-loss team. And everybody else, like, even the Riders, what are we, like, we're still only, what, how many wins do we have? Seven? We now have seven, yes. Yes, only seven wins. But, like, we're what? So it's seven and four? You're currently seven and four, yes. Right? So, I mean, we're only three games difference from 500 and – Right now, whatever Winnipeg is like twelve and one or eleven and one, whatever it is, like that's pretty significant. I, is it is it a cop out for me to say Mike O'Shea? I don't think so because I think it's like it's not a cop out. It's like basically a shoe in. Like it's right? like it's a, we can hand out that award right now. I feel like I hate doing this on a podcast we're a part of because we're Ryder yeah. fans. I don't want to say a bunch of Winnipeg names here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's tough, man. This is for tough. now. I think, yes, we got to say Mike O'Shea will likely be the coach of the year. Yeah. Um, Let's look to another award. Let's go with rookie of the year. Interesting. I feel feel like this is a tough one. Um, Rookie is a lot of the time you see within your own organization. Yeah. A lot of the times in the CFL – Rookies aren't as big as a thing as they are in the NFL. Right. So Jamar Chase is running off the screen. Exactly. So you kind of need, everybody kind of knows who their rookie of the year is. Um, But it's hard to say around the league. I know for Saskatchewan, we have all been very big fans of Keon Schaefer Baker. Yeah. See, that's the name. You always just mentioned rookie and it just, his name jumps off the screen for the riders, right? It sure does. I think there's, no doubt he will likely be the Riders nominee. Um, the only one I could also see maybe being a nominee for the Riders, which I still think it's a very long shot, would be Logan Furlan. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they'll love to give him props, but just the actual impact wise on the game, especially when those receivers went down, I assume Schaefer Baker will be the guy that we put for our rookie, but yeah. And uh, what what are you feeling about Canadian this year? Hmm, Canadian. Canadian. Who do you think are the front runners for it? Let's start with that. Oh, I almost have to go through. Who who would each team's Canadian be? Right. I know for us, it's probably going to be Mike Tights. Um, has had a great um, season stepping in for 
Um, he had some big shoes to fill in that linebacking core for Saskatchewan, filling in at that will spot for Cam Judge. Mm-hmm. And he's done a great job. He's injured, which I feel like um, eliminates Andrew Harris from this conversation. I don't think he's going to play enough games to. No, yeah, I don't think so either. Is Brady Oliveira, is he a Canadian? I believe so. Yeah, he there's, is. There, there's a guy to consider. Like, maybe he won't actually win it, but he's played quite well. He has. This is a tough year. Honestly, I'm I'm trying to think. And like, it's, it's not just me when I say a lot of these don't jump out as obvious as they usually are, right? I, I, I feel like it's part of the shortened season. I feel like we don't have as much to work with. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. Um, every year, I always feel like I can probably narrow down at least the East and West nominees. Yeah. And see, for these ones, like, I don't actually know, right? I don't, I don't know. And I think that makes it interesting. I think it's going to make a very interesting award season. Usually, we can basically hand out the award before it happens, which we can with a couple, a couple of these awards. but. Yeah, a lot of them are going to be up for grabs. Yeah, these besides O'Shea, after these next two, I don't know where it's going, to be honest. Yeah, I probably couldn't tell you where. Offensive line, Canadian, probably rookie are going to go. Defensive player, how are you feeling about defensive player? It's tough not to say a blue bomber again. It is tough to say not say a blue bomber. Simone Lawrence has had a sneakily good year. Samoy Lawrence has had a good year. I know they're not going to give an Ottawa guy uh, any of that, but their middle linebacker Williams there, he's, he's like the new Elamimian is in the, in the way of like tackles, right? Yeah. That dude's just tackling machine. Obviously you need more than tackles to be defensive player of the year, but like he's a name that I could see people mentioning. He's probably not going to win, but mentioning, right. But I mean, you still got Willie Jefferson. You got Jeff coat. Some guys who usually jump off the screen this year really haven't. Like a guy like Charleston Hughes usually has his name out there. And yeah. Charleston Hughes hasn't had the year he usually has had, right? Yeah. Yeah. I. It's tough to not say a Winnipeg pass rusher. Like, right. It's, it's going to be tough for Winnipeg to not win a lot of these awards. And I feel like yeah. the CFL's got it cut out for them to not give all the awards <laughs> to Winnipeg. Yeah. Like I seem because like I said, if they think about it and. If you actually watch those games, even Big Hill stands out like you could maybe kind of debate it, and he's yeah, still a exactly. bomber, right? Yeah. Uh, I think – I hate to say it again. Um, I believe Zach Caleros will probably be the MLP. Yeah, I hope not, but it's just hard to argue with the stats, it, right? Like, it really is. <laughs> again, with Winnipeg, I believe – Mike Miller will probably be the special teams player of the year. Yeah, he broke like the the all-time special teams tackle record. All-time special year, teams right? tackle yeah. records. So yeah. And there hasn't been a there hasn't really been a returner that consistently has blown us away like like Banks did in years past or somebody like that. Right? Yeah. There's no kicker that's set records like Lewis Ward did. Um I feel like every kicker's maybe had a little bit of a mediocre year with a few misses and things like that. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think it'll be a, a a coverage guy for for special teams player of the year. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see the CFL try and work around this 
Winnipeg-centric year. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, the stats, if you want to play it by stats, you can't argue that, right? If you want to play it by stats, you're probably going to give every award to Winnipeg. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing is, like, and then are you going to purposely try to avoid it even if a guy like Claros probably does deserve to win it? Or are you just going to lean into it? Or are you going to bring up the old classic argument fans who don't have their guy win it say, like, oh, he's more – valuable or and more outstanding to my team than that guy is to his team or the exactly. you know, to that right yeah um yeah it'll be a very very interesting awards season um and i think it's something to look forward to i know i would really be- hope it'd be nice to see <laughs> winnipeg not make the gray cup get beat in the west final and then still have to see all of those guys accept their words on the stage and just know uh, that they're not going to win the great cup. Right. I almost want that to happen more than anything now. Right. Just so they're I, all like, <laughs> they're all happy to be there, but all still really pissed off and sad from the riders beating of them. The week riders before, come but, upset and they still got to yeah. all fly to Hamilton for the award right. show. You're right. <laughs> just everybody just chats still about it. Oh, that'll be a good one. We could see. I, I it'll be a different Grey Cup year for sure. Um, I know Hamilton has been given another Grey Cup. Uh, Grey Cup again is in Hamilton this year. Next year it'll be in Saskatchewan, and then the year after that it goes back to Hamilton. The CFL giving Hamilton another shot because they had all these plans for a great Grey Cup festival this year and can't do a damn thing because of COVID. So, yeah, I mean it's tough, right? <laughs> what are you gonna? You're going to have all these activities and these booths and all this, this drinking and this party atmosphere when you have to make sure you're masked up and you're sanitized and you're six feet apart and vaccinated, unvaccinated. Like, yeah, it's a messy situation, right? Like, I guess this year, more than any other year, by far, you just need to hope that there's a really strong storyline going into this, right? Like the game is strong. Exactly. When, when Grey Cup is around, when you go to Grey Cup, the game is the biggest part, but as the biggest part, it's probably 60% of your experience being there because yeah. the entire festival and the atmosphere is all that. And that doesn't get to happen this year in the same right. capacity. It does every other year. So that right. game's got to make up for that other 40% that's going to get really cut down. Right. And it's another thing like, Hey, Hopefully Winnipeg just doesn't make it there. So that it's interesting. Yeah. Some of it's like it, there's a chance, right? There, yeah, that would be that would be great for Winnipeg to not make the Grey Cup. And I will I will pray for that every day for Winnipeg to not make the Grey Cup. It's weird. Like it's weird because last season I was so sure that the riders were gonna make the Grey Cup once the West Final was in in Regina. Like I understood how. Uh how big that that Winnipeg win was the week before, but I was so sure of it this year and it didn't happen. Right. And of course the riders weren't as dominant as Winnipeg has been this year, but there's always the thing is like, a you can get, you can get beat, right. You can get beat, especially by a good team. And you have to hope that, I mean, I'll bring it back to the Bengals this week. They lost to the jets. The jets suck. The Bengals I think are still good. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like it just takes you, one week to not prepare right, right? One week of bad judgment, right? And you can get beat. So we're going to ride with that. Yeah. There's a reason that 
you don't get set to the Grey Cup based on your on your regular season play. You got to play in the playoffs because once you get there, every team is O and O. Great. Nobody's ten and one anymore. Great. I think I think it'll be an interesting end to the season here. I think it's an exciting end of the season to watch. Um, again, games this year, this week will be BC, Hamilton, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal, Winnipeg. It will be an interesting week in the CFL. Um, oh, in other news, the CFL has moved the kickoffs for the West and East final up half an hour. I assume to try and save every little bit of daylight in Winnipeg on December 5th, because that's going to help with the minus 15 temperatures. Yeah. You you know that it's just going to be, that's going to be all the difference in the world right there. One degree of difference. It'll save, save the CFL. Hey, maybe that's our saving grace. Maybe Winnipeg can't play in the cold. Maybe the, yeah, yeah, maybe the guys from Winnipeg just can't handle the cold. (laughs) Yeah, we can hope. Yeah, well, we will hope. I'm hoping for all of this stuff to come to fruition. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of a difference it will make in the playoffs. We haven't discussed this at all. Um, come the East and West finals, all unvaccinated players will not be able to travel to away games. Mm. So that won't make a difference for Winnipeg in that game, at least. They're, I we don't have a lot of the statistics on unvaccinated players in the CFL. It kind of all comes down to what players personally say. Um, recently, um, it did get mentioned Trevor Harris was unvaccinated for majority of the season. And then uh, that was this is all from the mouth of Trevor Harris was due to a pre-existing condition he had that he was trying to get more information from his doctor about that information was taking too long for his liking. So right before the trade to Montreal, he did go and get vaccinated. So he will be eligible to travel no matter where they have to go. If they do end up making the playoffs, I should say. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not going to assume anybody makes playoffs. Yeah. It's interesting. Like you said, cause we don't have that knowledge. No, it's not. We don't have this, any of this big, like NBA holdout guys, right. Or anything like this. So we don't actually know. But you think, especially by the playoff time, you'd hope that coaches have preached their guys to buy in, right? And to buy in, you need to get vaccinated to play this game, right? That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Whether whatever your opinion is or not, you need your vaccinations to play in this league. So you'd hope that all of your big guys have get vaccinated. But if we get to those games and the the scratches and the inactives look a lot different. I guess it'll be an easy way to put on blast who didn't get vaccinated. Exactly. Um, We have heard from the mouth of Craig Dickinson that uh, I believe the riders have three players that are unvaccinated. He said they are all not starters. So reassuring for the riders. Good for us then. Yep. Yep. Um, Oh, I believe there is one team in the league that is a hundred percent vaccinated. I can't tell you right now. Don't remember who that Probably is. Probably Ottawa. Probably, Probably Ottawa. Ottawa. They all bought in. <laughs> they all bought in. <laughs> Don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, At poor least Ottawa. They in, I apologize to any Ottawa Red Blacks fans listening to this podcast. But yeah, I 
I apologize to you guys more than I apologize to Edmonton. I'll continue to blast Edmonton, but oh yeah, we can Ottawa, blast them. You guys just got dealt. You guys have had a bad hand right here. I hope that turns around for you soon. We'll see who your new GM is and see where you go from there. Right, the places you'll go. Right, we'll see how it goes. Yes, I think that boat covers it for this week in the CFL. Look forward to a great week of football. Got any closing thoughts? Uh just I mean, hey. Football's all around us now. This is the best time of the year for it. So sit down, enjoy yourselves, and uh, be on the lookout for any of that new uh, new content, especially with the NFL podcast coming out usually a couple days after, and hopefully some of that wrestling footage coming up soon here. Yes, stay tuned. More content, more content, more content. As always, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, at the booth EC. Buy some merch. All the links to that are on the social medias. Go find our YouTube page. Videos will be coming out on there every once in a while now. As always, thank you for listening to the Booth Podcast. And go Riders.